0: You're listening to The 123 Show with me, Noreen Meir, this Wednesday afternoon. And I'm really excited to welcome back on the program, Kruzie McCallaghan, our audio columnist. How are you doing, Cruzy? Great to see you. Great to see you too. I'm
1: sorry, I've been displaced from my usual routines today. So I've I'm, I'm, I'm carved out a little corner on this rainy, cold <laughs> afternoon. Oh. Um, but hopefully my um, my audio column today will warm us all up. Because it's quite a hot topic. (laughs) Um, We're Um, we're talking about glass blowing today and the craft of glass blowing. Why are we talking about the craft of glass blowing, Cruzant? Good question, Noreen. It's because I recently started watching this show on Netflix called Blown Away, which is about competitive glass blowing, and I was hooked, like 100%. Lewd to my screen, and I just did not realize how incredible this art technique was of glass blowing. And I just became so obsessed, and I haven't stopped thinking about it. In fact, it is boring my entire family to tears because it's all I talk about at home. <laughs> I make glass puns that nobody else gets, <laughs> and um, so I thought I would share that obsession with our listeners. Um, so today we're talking about um, we're talking about glass blowing, um, but of course. Uh, glass blowing is a very ancient technique. Um, it's an ancient technique that also um, has a lot of contemporary craft to it because it's an art, it, it really is an art form as well. Um, it actually shows that um, we, when we talk about glass blowing, nature really was the original glass blower. Lightning strikes on a beach uh, produced thin glass rods called fulgurites. So you might have seen this. Um, it was once in the movie Sweet Home Alabama where they used to make sculptures out of the lightning hit the sand and then they'd dig out these. These sculptures that were just basically these things full of that had been where the lightning had melted the sand into glass. Doesn't always happen that way, um, but of course over centuries, volcanic eruptions, which are extremely hot, obviously, have fused sand and rock into obsidian. So that 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 kind of dark glass that you may have seen before, obsidian, which is really quite beautiful. and that's all just from nature. That's just what's happening because of our environment. Um, they say that Phoenician sailors may have accidentally discovered glass. Pliny the elder, though the writer, suggested that they unintentionally produced glass by building fires on blocks of soda on beach sand. And though it's um it's, it but, you know, so then the, the obviously those things that within because to take a step back, glass is made from it's really made from sand. Made and there's a couple sand. of other things you can That's put right. into it, but it's melted sand. Um, but of course, the, these these sailors were making hot fires on the beach, and then it's likely that that kind of created glass. And they thought, Wow, that's amazing! We've melted the sand. That's but so funny
0: you mentioned likely. Venetian sailors because Venetian glass is the world's oh, no, most
1: Venetian. No. Fa- oh, po- ph- sorry, my my oh. my mistake. Venetian. Oh, I beg your pardon. You're right to think. No, no, Phoenician. I apologize. It's my mask pronunciation. <laughs> no, nope, it's my hearing, but, um, maybe. <laughs> Venetian, Venetian, Venetian glass, definitely yes. come into it. Totally, Venetian glass is a very, very famous type of glass. But um, they also say it's equally likely that because of this, the Egyptian or Mesopotamian potters may also have discovered glass, as they were firing clay, right? So, in terms of that way as well. But they actually think that sick people from Syria, Syrians, were probably the first ones to blow glass in the first century BC. So, this is 3,000 years ago that people were doing this. It's a long time. History um, suggests that they discovered the technique of blowing into a hollow, hollow tube to introduce an air bubble into hot glass, and that the tradition of glass blowing can be also traced back to the Roman Empire. So, for most people who don't know, um, basically, Glass is made from this sort of high quality sand, it's made from a purified form of silica mixed with additives like soda and lime that bring down the melting point and increase the viscosity of glass. Because obviously we know glass, it's, 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 it's hard, it breaks, it's fragile, it's, it, you know, it's not, but when you're working with it as a material, as a gla, um, you're blowing glass, it's molten and li, it, almost liquid and gooey, right, because it's so hot when it's really, really hot. Now, the way that people tend to glass bow is you collect that molten glass on the end of a, um, on the end of a long tube called a punty and you blow a little puff of air into it and it just puffs out that bit there and then you work with that kind of globule and you add to it and you shape it and things like that so it's really, really fascinating. Interestingly, as you mentioned, so Venetian glass is very, very famous. Um, Italian glass blowers were sequestered on an island called Murano in the Middle Ages. They were left there and it was rumored they were removed to this special island to try and keep their secret techniques um, from the rest of the world. So they used to be like, it used to be punishable by, I think, not even death, maybe not as far as death, but it was pretty badly punishable if you revealed the secrets of glass blowing. And they tried to keep it a secret by putting all their glass blowing is um, you know this was a long time ago on one island which was super fascinating um but one reason i said um th- what if disease struck
0: up, on the island then all the glassblowers <laughs> would be wiped
1: out what, their secrets would die with them it's very true actually just one bout of some sort of gastrointestinal thing and they'd all, they'd be off um but it, as I said, it's a really hot material that you work with. It when it's very, 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 very hot, it melts at around 2,400 degrees Fahrenheit, which is incredibly, incredibly hot. It's molten, um, so it takes a, it often takes a very, very, very long time to cool as well. Um, but yes, even though um, so, even though glass may be one of the most common materials on Earth, I'm sure you have a lot of glass in your home. Would you say that's true? Do you have lots of glass things? Glasses, pitchers, cups, plates?
0: Sort of. Yeah, not a lot. I've replaced a, a, a lot of them with sort of ceramics and yeah. Some oh, yeah, sure. oh, some melamine. We, we
1: have children. Everything yeah. in our houses yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everything in our cha- house has to bounce. <laughs> 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 um but yes, but it's actually not it's not that easy to glass in the traditional way. Um so yeah, so it's that idea of like um 1700 degrees celsius so around two and a half to three thousand degrees fahrenheit um and that it has to be very 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 hot so the other thing is um they're they're wondering is glass a solid or a liquid because it's molten when we use it right is it a solid or a liquid yeah um, they say so. The theory of the nature of glass has been one of the most prominent unsolved problem in physics for a really long time. And actually, we don't have a definite answer to that question. If you if you looked through a microscope, you would see that the molecules of a piece of glass are arranged irregularly, irregularly, which is the one of the markers we have. Um, which indicates that it's a liquid. But you could also say that glass is a solid from looking at it. And as a result, scientists actually classify glass as an amorphous solid. So simply put, it's neither a solid nor a liquid. So, you you know, which is a fascinating thing when you think about how much glass we have around us. so, yes, yeah, so interestingly, um, the one thing that we all know about glass is that it shatters, right? Well, most of it. I'm going to talk about different types of glass in a minute, um, but it can break easily. The speed, which it shatters, the cracks of glass move at an incredible speed of 3,000 miles an hour, or 4,828 kilometres an hour for the metrically minded like myself. Um, and compare that to the speed of sound in dry air is just 767 miles an hour. So, glass cracks at the speed of 3,000 miles an hour but the speed of sound and dry air is 767 miles an hour. That's amazing in terms of the shattering effect.
0: I read a similar fact to that, and exactly, that the, the crack of a glass moves at about 3,000 miles per hour, which is five times faster than the average aeroplane, which travels at about 575 oh, wow. miles per hour. Oh, That's gosh. quite fast. I'd love to watch one of those slow-motion videos
1: oh, slow. of a have glass crack. to slow crack, it down to, like, it'd be... Yeah, it'd have to be such amazing technology to be able to slow it down that much, wouldn't it? Yeah. But of course, not all grass, glass shatters and cracks. There's lots of reasons we have glass in our lives that we want not to shattering, and crack, And that would be what we refer to as tempered glass. So this glass is also known as toughened glass. So tempered glass is processed differently to normal glass. It's manufactured by applying controlled chemical or thermal treatments compared to, to regular glass. So to do this, um it becomes four times stronger than average glass but of course that doesn't mean that tempered glass is unbreakable in fact of course it can break as well but it means it's just safer so that's things like um you know our windows will be tempered glass if you have glass furniture you're not going to make glass furniture from the same thing you'd make a wine glass from you know like you want it to be stronger um Of course, things like optical fiber is super, super interesting. So a lot of us are familiar with optical fiber because people talk about it with our internet connections. And this is used by a lot of telecommunications companies around the world, optical fibers. But actually, optical fibers, a lot of them are made from glass. Um, Some optical fibers are made from plastic or polymer, but typically manufacturers use glass to make optical fibers because fiber optics can transfer data at a speed of 10 gigahertz gigabytes per second so it's really 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 fast those kind of optic fibers these thin pieces of glass so it's quite an incredible material um what's interesting is that um you know you say okay glass is, is glass people do think about glass being a very uh, eco-friendly material in that you know you can kind of recycle it you can melt it down and you can use it again but they do think it will take it takes um it takes a long time to actually decompose it so even though glass you think oh glass is i don't think of glass as being a waste product necessarily like you want to recycle glass bottles it's good too but you always think just oh people just melt it down and use it again but um it 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 is what it is one of the most sustainable materials on earth for that reason but um Archaeologists have found glass made objects, even from about 6,000 years ago. So people who found a piece of obsidian and carved it up or something, and it lasts a really long time. Um, However, nothing has compared to the time it takes to decompose glass. Okay, so if you were to leave glass just in the environment to just decompose naturally, it would require a million years to decompose completely. Um, So it's not that eco-friendly in that way, which is why we have to put a lot of emphasis on on, um, on recycling it you know it's not enough just to just to um just to To let it decompose yeah Yeah. and then you think about those pieces of glass you find on a beach that have been worn smooth you know what i mean and how green ones Yeah. yeah which is incredible as well um yeah so that that's kind of fascinating in its way um in its own way what I do think is is interesting about glass is that people do use it as this kind of art form, and when you look at glass blowing, it's amazing the kinds of techniques people can have with it. But you have to work really, really fast because as it cools, which it does very quickly, it can crack. So it's like um, I, I and this is why I just recommend everyone get into glass blowing, uh, where people tend to make glass. It's it's in a place called they call it a hot shop. So glass blowing workshop is called a hot shop. And you puff this glass and then you shape it with paddles and you do all these different things to it you can create these amazing techniques and you can add kind of like um metal oxides to try and change colours as well. So like cobalt oxide will make a deep blue colour. And so, I mean, there, there would have been so much, there was there was so much incredible kind of experimentation around using glass in these different ways, which of course we see with like stained glass windows, right? Which I mean, could probably be a column in and of themselves because it's so fascinating. Um, Yeah, so that's kind of amazing. Um, In the the show that I mentioned, they mentioned this um, incredible museum, the largest museum of glass art, which is actually called the Corning Museum of Art, um, of glass art. They have um over 50,000 glass objects many of which date um, date back more than three and a half thousand years ago so um it would be the most fascinating place to go but it reminds me of that phrase of like a bull in a china shop I think I don't know if I could comfortably visit a glass museum you know especially if you like needed to sneeze or something like I just find I don't know if I could do it I mean it's like you know the kind of earthquake protection that you need on a destination like that would be ridiculous um but it is quite fascinating. Now, of course, um, when we talk about glass blowing, the real thing that's interesting about glass blowing is the ability to make a vessel or a hollow, a hollow, um, a hollow thing. Now we know that human beings have been manufacturing glass from several thousand years ago, until, but it wasn't until about 1500 BC that we could manufacture hollow glass containers. So this was when in 1500 BC, craftsmen in Egypt started to do this. And these were made um, to start storing oils and ointments. So they would they would learn how to just puff into that, that glass to create a small hollow thing, which is just fascinating in its own way. Um, but interestingly, um, china is the biggest producer and exporter of glass and glassware in the world but they they haven't actually but they haven't produced any glass until the 600s so last year they um exported glass and glassware both worth about 16.9 billion us dollars and the second place goes to germany they exported glass products worth about 7.7 billion us dollars um but and the usa is in third place with with how much it um it ex, it um it, it it's been using so but yeah but they didn't actually so china were late to the game in terms of glass production they were but a lot of the other very big inter-
0: exporters yeah. now wow. but they they
1: they quickly rose through the ranks to to, to, to become a really top producer. I wonder if
0: glass is made from, I mean, glass is made from sand. And is it natural sand or can you have artificial sand? Is there so much sand in the world? And I thought maybe...
1: <laughs> I, I, I think it's the specific, I think it's the specific, um, the specific uh, added, uh, ingre- sorry, ingredients is the wrong word, components, elements of sand. So it's really that, um, it's that silica, that you're that you're thinking about it's that use of, of silica that's in the sand so of course sand is formed from rocks and coastlines and waves eroding them away into tiny little particles so of course as they're doing that in all the incredible variety of different coastlines you have around the world you're creating lots and lots and lots of different elements and different things in that in that sand grains all sand is not the same thing but within that sand you do have things like silica and when that gets molten down, that's what's giving you that, that glass at the end of it, which is super, super interesting um, and fascinating. So it's not, I don't think necessarily you just go along to like the Pulse Bay Beach and
0: then Heat like it up grab a cup and get some sand. On, melt
1: it down. I don't think it's as straightforward as that. Although it could be, maybe it could be, It'd be something to do like glass from every Hong Kong beach. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of interesting. Um, I really like this particular fact about a delusional ki- French king just bear with me. Um, so <laughs> King Charles the VI was a ruler of France and his ruling um, period was from 1380 to 1422. Um, he was known for suffering from a strange glass delusion. Um, he would think he was made of glass so he didn't allow anybody else to touch him and he would wear reinforced clothing to keep himself from accidentally shattering. Okay mm. now Obviously, this this individual had some some, some challenges and issues. Um, But What's really, really interesting about this particular delusion is he wasn't the only person with it. Many reports were found similar to this between 1500 and 1700. And of course, we're talking about a time in history where people were like, You know, drinking out of a lead lined beaker. So, you know, of course, all of these things would have an impact on how people, or, you know, venereal disease ran rampant, which could also cause some like elements of psychosis as well. So, but it was really fascinating. There was this whole trend of people having this very specific delusion, which was that that they they would shatter like
0: glass. glass. Wow.
1: They would glass, which is kind of like poetic, but also could be an incredible film. <laughs> so there's that too. Um, another way we found glass on Earth is from meteorite impact. So as we talked about glass forming naturally from fulgurites, where lightning hits sand on the beach, to obsidian, which is created from volcanic, um, volcanic lava and what that does to, to stone. Um, one of the most common, um, there's also a, a, an impactite glass. And this is the glass that is forming the impact of meteorites on Earth. Um, Moldavite is such a type of this kind of glass for its unique green color. And this um, this is a sort of a silica projectile rock which is found in Central and Eastern Europe. And combined with the heat of hitting a meteor hitting. A, earth at such high speed and heat and velocity and everything creates this incredible type of glass. And it's believed that these formed about 15 million years ago after the meteorite hit in the southern German region. There's also um, the Libyan desert glass, which people find, which is another great example of impactite glass, which is found in the eastern Sahara desert and other deserts of Syria and Egypt. So there's actually like people go, you know, you go mining for certain types of precious metals and stones and everything else. There's very precious Glass, impactite glass, that people would go after um, to use because it's this incredibly amazing um, material that has been formed from having a having a um, a meteor impact with Earth. So that's um, that's pretty fascinating. But I did look into this, and people do do some glass blowing here in Hong Kong.
0: I've met a glass so blower before. Thinking, um, and oh, you have? Yes, um, in the flesh. <laughs> in the flesh. Yes, about ten years ago. Um, and, uh, he's a, he's a glassblower from Taiwan. Um, he's, um, I think now he's moved to Canada though. Um, he was, um, a, a boyfriend of my friends. So, um, it was very interesting. We were all like, whoa, what's this cool job? What do you do? I can't quite remember how he got into it though, but it was just very interesting to, to have met a glassblower in the flesh.
1: Wow, that's amazing! But I think it's that it's that feeling, as well as like when you see glass blowers working, it's a type of like it's like an incredible culmination of like production, so like factory work almost. And there has to be an artistic element to it, but there also has to be a physical element to it because it's it's hot and it's heavy and it's traumatic. And there's you know there's there's a threat because it's it's dangerous. You know, glass is so hot. You know what I mean? It's like, it's quite like, I mean, here I am, like, oh, <laughs> I'm talking about it and fanning myself down. It's so remarkable. But and the point is, it's a really incredible art form. And um, I'd love to know more. Would you about, get
0: into um, it, Cruz? It sounds like this oh, is your calling. Are there I any glass that blowers I in would Hong love Kong? To. I'm sure there.
1: I, I had a look, but there wasn't a lot of the glass blowing that I've seen, like, it was like, it was very delicate and considered, there wasn't that same thing, but I guess in Hong Kong, it's pretty hard to find a massive warehouse space to devote to heating up molten glass all day. Mm. Um, but of course I would love to hear, I would absolutely love to hear if there was any glass blowing communities here in Hong Kong. Um, but yeah, so it's an incredible thing glass. And we also, it's it's funny because I often find that with like as modern as we get, we tend to use more glass, like in terms of our architecture of our buildings, um, In you know, glass is an incredibly important building material. If someone was to stick a building up in Central now that was pure concrete with no glass windows, you would, everyone would just, it wouldn't happen. Why would it happen? You know, we don't just use glass and windows and doors, they use it for so many other things. And of course, um, you know, skyscrapers are constructed using glass as one of the main materials. So it's this incredibly valuable um, material to us. the origin of the term glass is quite interesting as well. Um, the word glass actually came from the late Latin word glissum, and it means transparent yet lustrous, which is quite beautiful. Um, at first, uh, this is when the Roman Empire manufactured glass, and then at the time, um, then and then they they had the glass making uh, kind of headquarters of glass making was in was in Rome and Romans try, kind of took on that factory element of it, um, although yeah so that's kind of why they think that happened but then it kind of moved to a different part of, of Germany and then glass evolved from that region so the word gliesem, um which actually originated from a Germanic word so that's why we have the word glass which also is quite a poetic and beautiful word isn't it like it's very evocative. To say something is made of glass, or it was like glass, it's it's a quite a, you know, there's something there's something in it. I have some quotes because I know you were going to ask me about some quotes. I have two quotes. I have um, a, a quote from Etienne Guillon, who in the, the book Hidden Wonders: The Subtle Dialogue Between Physics and Elegance, wrote, "Elastic, hard, and brittle." glass presents properties that do not always seem compatible and yet yield unpleasant and yield unpleasant surprises. So there's like all these different contrasts with glass. In Tennessee Williams's The Glass Menagerie, he said, when you look at a piece of delicately spun glass, you think of two things, how beautiful it is and how easily it can be broken.
0: Wow, that's very and poetic. Maybe
1: that's where our fascination comes from the glass, that beautiful
0: yeah. Unless it's sapphire glass, which measures at about nine on the most scale, which is very, uh, very hard. I mean, if 10 is the highest on the most scale, I think diamond is 10, then sapphire glass measures at nine. So when you have that sort of reinforced glass, it can be quite strong. So maybe people can start making things out of sapphire glass, although that would be very expensive.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, not as expensive as a diamond, though, right? Yeah. A sapphire glass engagement ring sounds like a delight. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Cruz, I think you found your calling. I- I'm going to research some glass blowing warehouses or-, or just places where you can Yeah, maybe glass we go
1: together. We'll go have some. I mean, I don't know how good it's going to be for COVID to puff down a tube with strangers. So maybe we wait a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You're so funny. Cruz, I love your audio columns. Thank you so much for your sharing. As usual, I really enjoyed it. And I'm sure our listeners did as well. Thank you so much for your time today. Until next week, Kung Hei Fat Choi. Thank you very much. Kung Hei Fat Choi. And uh, many thanks once again to Cruz E. for joining us uh, this Wednesday